You're listening to the Ending Human Trafficking Podcast. This is episode number 120, Hotels and Human Trafficking. Produced by Innovate Learning, maximizing human potential. Welcome to the Ending Human Trafficking Podcast. My name is Dave Stahoviak. And my name is Sandy Morgan. And this is the show where we empower you to study the issues, be a voice, and make a difference in ending human trafficking. And Sandy, today's topic on hotels is one that unlike sometimes when we look at an industry or particular uh, or a particular part of an industry, and, and sometimes the connection to human trafficking isn't as clear. It's not something we would think about right off the bat. Um, for better or for worse, with hotels, there is often it, it's very it's easier to see that clear connection of how the hotel industry can be involved in human trafficking, often unbeknownst to them. And so today, I think one of the things we're we're trying to do with the show is to really understand a little bit more about what is going on and what hotels and the hotel industry can do in order to um, better understand this issue and perhaps, and potentially make changes too. Absolutely. Absolutely. And the idea that hotels would be a key strategy in a local community is, is my purpose for wanting to explore this particular topic. So let's jump into this. Um, first of all, I would like to kind of lay out that there are two aspects of how hotels um, may be uh, a focus in ending human trafficking. First, from the perspective of labor trafficking, because many of the jobs that are available in a hotel may be very um, amenable to people with lower education, lower linguistic skills, and so they could become more invisible. And if you add to that, that some um, industry patterns indicate that that some staffing is contracted, so the hotel doesn't actually hire a person, they hire a company to do um, all, of, all of the room cleaning or all of the laundry or food service, Those, so they may not know um, that trafficking, labor trafficking victims may be um, on their site. That's one aspect, and we'll do that on another day. Today, what we want to look at is the risk of commercial sexual exploitation of sex trafficking happening in a hotel where the owners of the hotel, the managers of the hotel, have no idea what's going on. That's interesting. You mentioned that, Sandy, that um, for for a whole bunch of different reasons, both of which you've just mentioned, that Hotels may not even be aware that some of this is happening on their on their property because of the nature of the industry and because of the nature, obviously, of people moving about and you know wanting to find a different location. Obviously, so it's uh, it, it, so many different aspects of us to uh, for us to look at through this. What is when you're thinking about this from the standpoint of uh, a, a 
someone in the hotel industry or maybe someone who's even involved with managing a property, where are the, where are the starting points as far as people starting to think about this? Well, um, there have been several thought leaders in this, and ECPAT is one of the um, the early pioneers, and they started the Tourism Child Prote- Protection Code of Conduct, and it is a voluntary set of business principles travel and tour companies can implement to prevent child sex tourism and trafficking of children. And wait, what's yeah. uh, ECPAT, Sandy, for those who haven't heard that term before? Well, it's, it is a, um, it is, it is a, a protection um, association. It's a non-governmental organization. And when they originally started, it was an acronym for in child prostitution, child pornography and trafficking of children for sexual purposes. However, now it's just ECPAT because Uh, as we have grown in our movement, you know, we never say child prostitution anymore. We never say child pornography. So this is a good teaching moment to remind us why we don't. A child doesn't have um, agency to consent to become a prostitute. So we use the terminology of sexual exploitation for commercial, for profit. We also don't say child pornography because pornography is um, an exploitation of a child's sexuality that is based on on, uh, child sexual assault, uh, rape, and it isn't an industry. It is a crime. So ECPAT is an international network and it has 80 member organizations in over 74 countries. So its code of conduct for the protection of children from sexual exploitation and travel and tourism is probably the most well-known hotel strategy for ending human trafficking. Interesting. And so how would a hotel or a company or an industry, how would they even learn about this or what's the starting point as far as them being able to understand even what the code is, but then also being able to sign on to that code? Well, the website for hotels or anyone who's interested in learning about this is thecode.org, thecode.org. And we'll put a link to that. And it, um, it helps companies decide what their agenda is going to be in order to be part of the solution to end child sex tourism and trafficking. And so the the basic um, principles in this are that it will establish a policy and procedures against sexual exploitation of children. So, so that ECPAT will give suggestions, but that hotel will will and that company will develop their own policy and procedures and those policies and procedures will include training employees in children's rights in prevention of sexual exploitation and how to report suspected cases as you could imagine in 74 countries how to report is going to look different And I'm going to use um, the Hilton as an example because they have signed the code. Um, They have hotels in 
a number of countries. In fact, when I travel, I think I see a Hilton everywhere I go. So to know that based on their commitment to the code, that people in their hotels know who to call when they see something that looks um, sketchy is important. And I'm on the website right now, Sandy, and I saw the Hilton right up there, but so many different hotels and organizations and travel industry organizations that are signatories on the code. So really exciting to see so many uh, so many organizations that have already become a part of this and are doing something very proactively. Well, and we often talk about frontline service providers on this show, and we're talking about school nurses and teachers and healthcare providers. But if we're talking about the front line in the battle, the hotel industry is exactly the people that we want to reach. Some of the other things that the code in supports is a clause in contracts throughout the value chain stating a common repudiation and zero tolerance policy of sexual exploitation of children. Now, the first time I read that item on here, I, I had to read it through two or three times, but I didn't have to read the last part more than once. Zero tolerance policy of sexual exploitation of children. That means that we recognize the value of every child, that we um, educate staff to understand the, the, the control mechanisms that pimps use and not to blame the victim. Like we, we have so often talked about, well, if she didn't dress like that, what can you expect? not blaming the victim, plain and simple, a zero tolerance policy of sexual exploitation. I think it's really interesting, Sandy, that um, there's so much, uh, there's so many different ways that this can manifest within a hotel property, like you were mentioning of, of contract labor and of the contractual language. So it it's, it's really um, if, challenging on one level because there are so many different kinds of relationships in this industry. And at the same time, it's also uh, very encouraging to see that there's been so much intentionality placed on thinking that through, even in con contractual language, on how to really um, set really clear expectations around these things. Well, and, and it gets much more complicated than signing the code. That's the beginning point. That's the starting place. But many hotels have um, very complicated um, sourcing strategies. So for instance, I was at a conference with one of our um, Global Center for Women and Justice board members, and she spotted something that was obviously a red flag and went and reported it to the hotel security. Um, and then discovered that hotel security was a different contract from the hotel management. And so the training, um, the multi-sector training that's necessary in this industry is going to take us a while to be, um, to achieve full, full, um, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Full parity with each other? Yes, yes, actually. Uh, let me ask yeah. you that, Sandy, because I'm I'm not sure I understand the the distinction there. And so 
what's the challenge with the security agency being under different a different organization than the hotel management? Is it just not in parity with each other as far as training and expectations? Or was there some other issue in that specific situation that made that more challenging as far as um, well, what to do? Whenever um, whenever you, you start an initiative and you have these um, this, these new standards in this code, you you have to go back now and and figure out the whole the global uh, um, perspective for your particular business model. And if you um, are dependent on third party contractors, then how do you um, achieve full training by uh, because you now have to get them to sign on to that they're going to train all of the people that they send out to service their contract on um, providing your your security services. Um, because now this isn't training your own staff, it's asking a contractor to train their staff. And there's a lot of, of um, transition in third-party providers, and it won't be just security, it will be uh, like we mentioned earlier, um, laundry and housekeeping, food service, it can be a number of things. Makes sense. And so a little more a little more complication here than maybe we've seen in some of the other industries that we've talked about. And yet, uh, knowing that in advance and starting to work through this, a lot of opportunity also because of the nature of the industry and how it plays into into human trafficking situations, it's worth work that's worth doing, right, Sandy? Exactly. And hotels are uniquely positioned to educate travelers. And while they cannot um, control travelers, they are a conduit for providing information to travelers on children's rights and the prevention of sexual exploitation of children and teaching travelers how to report suspected cases, that things they might see. And this is part of their code, that they will intentionally provide information to people who are staying in their, in their um, facilities. So tell me a little more about that, Sandy. What is an example of something that a hotel property might do that would provide some of that education that's under the under the framework of the code that'd be helpful to travelers? Uh, I think um, some of the hotels have created uh, information on their websites, and they actually feature the fact that they've signed the code. Another um, uh, strategy that I've seen is to provide um, a little a little flyer with the red flags of what a victim might look like. And then it says um, the, the 888 number to call here in the U.S. But I've seen that overseas as well. Um, hotels often partner during major events with NGOs that are doing sort of blanket um, um, coverage of a big event to warn travelers that uh, children or men, women may become victims of traffickers, so they provide that. And then some posters have been used um, in order to to bring more awareness uh, on this aspect. So a lot of different things that a, that a hotel could do, um, even in a, I don't, I don't know if passive is the right word to use, but even just producing 
some content or providing information or getting information up on the website or insert in a room or a poster um, that that really is an Again, I don't want to oversimplify and say it's a one-time thing, but a little bit of time and investment on the front end to do that can reap benefits for a long time as far as providing that information to travelers. Absolutely. And and because we um, we identified that the hotel industry, the travel industry, is, is a multi-sector industry, and it includes so many other um, stakeholders and, and participants, then one of the other um, items, strategies that the code supports is to collaborate and engage stakeholders in prevention of sexual exploitation of children. And that can look really um, very, very wide and broad. It can be that Foundations that are related to the industry would support education in country of origin or would support um, prevention strategies in a local community. It could, um, it could support engaging and collaborating to do training, for instance, with, with a big company that handles laundry for, for several hotels in the same region or training for um, food service um, employees in a third-party company. So it, I think that that particular item leaves a lot of room for imagination and innovation. So the code.org would be where a, uh, a hotel would go to start this process, Sandy, or is there some other, some other no, beginning point? That's the, that's the best place to go. And you'll find um, information because others who have already joined this will, will report every year. There is a fee to belong to this code and being able to do that helps promote this. The fee helps um, sustain this agenda. And the um, ECPAT staff provide resources for for your mem- for members to develop action plans they give you sample policies staff training that's already already ready to go and they have um, they have in the 2000 in 2013 the code released a contact relation management system that provided um, signatories with tools and services for member companies Fabulous. You know, when Sandy, when you and I started this podcast five years ago, there were not nearly as many resources as there are today in organizations that are supporting this effort. And it's really neat to see that there's so much. This this is not something that just started yesterday. I mean, there's so much built around this and and so such a well thought through framework and and great industry partnerships that are working together to really make this be something that matters and makes a real difference in how this industry is handling it. Well, and there the kinds of resources that are available to us today because of the internet make it so easy. In fact, if you're listening to this right now and you want to have a, a better understanding of how this works, uh, I'm going to put a link to a hospitality industry seminar that was hosted right here in Orange County in in November 2015 by our Orange County Human Trafficking Task Force and Representative Ed Royce. And at that seminar, there is an 
a highly impactful um, first person testimony of a young woman, her name is Ori, who passionately describes what it's like to be invisible. People don't even realize why you're there. And she's a survivor advocate and our deputy um, district attorney, Brad Schoenleben, um, presents as well to, to take and give us the what hotel folks might be looking for. And then Ori gives us the aspect of what it's like when you're invisible and nobody sees you, nobody calls, nobody reports. And for the big numbers, uh, we've got to do this. But even so, for just one girl, we have to do this. Yeah, I'm looking online right now of the link you've uh, placed here, Sandy, which we'll put in the show notes, but it's a it's a video online of, of all those folks uh, presenting. So a lot of really detailed information here that would be helpful to people who are, are thinking about this and investigating it for the first time. I, um, I think that this is a project that with a little bit of, of strategic planning, a community could develop um, a, an outreach and engagement strategy and plan it out over a year and make this a um, a goal to get every hotel in your city signed on to some form of, of hotel um, initiatives that will work with us. So I, I talked to a friend of mine in Chicago who um, leads the Promise um, Project with Salvation Army. His name is Frank Massolini. And what they did is they started the Hotel and Law Enforcement Training Initiative. They call it HALT. I like that acronym, HALT, Hotel and Law Enforcement Training. And they did this through the um, Elgin, Illinois Convention Bureau. So they found a partner in the community and they provided hotel operators with training on how to identify human trafficking they they gave them um, baselines for local protocols for reporting to local police, and they helped law enforcement become more aware of the commercial implications in making arrests in hotels so that there could be a network between the hotels and to exchange information and partnering with law enforcement. Because of course it, it is um, a hotel is a business. It's a commercial enterprise. It's not a social justice organization. And the idea, this is a really critical statement that Frank has in the HALT project, assist in making law enforcement aware of the commercial implications in making arrests in hotels. So a uh, hotel may be a little resistant in case it would tarnish their reputation and their their image in the community. You're a business um, coach. What would you say? Yeah, it makes sense, Sandy. And I think that that's a real concern that um, any business owner would have of having law enforcement at their facility and people and being in the news. And, uh, and you know, it's, 
it's a real it's a real reality. So I, I like the fact that they proactively handle that in the training, not only from the hotel side, but also from the law enforcement side of like, how do we work through that reality in a way that is going to is going to help us to uh, enforce the law, but at the same time, be conscious of the fact that there is a business going on here? Yeah. And I think that kind of mutual respect is important for all of the parties working on this. We um, we did a, a, a survey here in our community and we called 28 hotels to find out if they had signed the code. Um, and I we're still finishing tabulating those results. Only one out of 28 had signed the code and the majority of the others hadn't heard of it. So we, um, we, when people manage how they present data, they can make a negative connotation. Someone could say 95% of the hotels in such and such a city have not signed the code. Well, they didn't also ask, did you even know it existed? And have we worked at how to partner with law enforcement to, to protect the commercial implications that would um, result for a hotel to begin to dive into being our partners in this? Well, I think that's an important perspective, Sandy, is uh, there's there's an awareness factor here of it's not just it's not that hotels are deciding not to do this necessarily it's that there's not even an awareness that it's there yet and so i i know i was not aware of this until our conversation today and so uh, that that's actually a good um transition point for us too here of thinking through um what would be not only for the folks who are involved in the hotel industry who may listen to this of of what's a first step for them uh, but also, uh, as uh, as the rest of us who are listeners and part of this community and who care about this, what's a first step for us when we're interacting with hotels or the hotel industry and thinking about how we could potentially influence awareness around the code? Well, I think um, that the the strategic plan for HALT is a good place to begin and see how you can um, make that fit your particular community. But, just starting with a goal of connecting hotels with law enforcement to develop a working protocol, that's a great place. And then from there, um, creating training that is mutually um, mutually respectful and engaging so that you can teach um, how to identify signs that will help hoteliers determine if commercial sexual exploitation is being conducted in their hotels, many times the the way that the the traffickers function is not easy to identify. Uh, talking to local law enforcement, I learned recently that the traffickers will purchase uh, pre-purchase a hotel voucher on a service, an internet service, for example, like Expedia, and so with that voucher, it's you're not giving the same kind of personal information that's easy to track and and it's prepaid so then how do we how do we learn how to um, discriminate between when that's totally legitimate and when it might be sketchy hmm. and giving giving the the hotel managers and staff 
ways to ask questions without endangering the child. We don't want to get people all on fire and then they go and start um, uh, trying to protect every kid that walks through the door and create some some problems. But we we want them to be very sensitive and and careful because the 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 safety of that child is super important to us. Indeed, indeed. Well, I'm, I'm glad you mentioned that, Sandy. There's always a balance here of how do we uh, practically provide knowledge and training that's going to be helpful, and at the same time, not go overboard of of um, you know thinking that every single situation or every single child that comes through a hotel is is, is uh, at risk, and that's not necessarily the case, of course. So, um, so, and I, and it sounds like that this. The training and the code really provide a framework for how to look at that and have a very helpful and realistic perspective around it. Well, and I think it will, um, if we begin to look at developing these strategies, we do our homework, you know, what we always say, study the issues, be a voice, make a difference. If you haven't studied it first, um, you might go out there and say, okay, we're going to start a, a, a hotel strategy to end commercial sexual exploitation of children. Find out study the code, look at the HALT project, watch the video that we've provided the link for you here, and then start finding out what's happening in your community. Well, and as uh, Sandy mentioned, there's a lot uh, here that, of course, we haven't had a chance to really just brush the topic here. And there's so much more that's on the video, on the websites that we've mentioned. And so we will put a link to the show notes here on the website. So you can track down episode 120 at vanguard.edu slash GCWJ. And when you get there, just go ahead and look at the resources under the podcast and you'll find all of the links and information for us. And uh, as always, we really appreciate your uh, reaching out to us. If you have comments or questions about today's topic, or maybe you want to know more or anything in relation to ending human trafficking, two best ways to do that. One is by email. You can email us at gcwj at vanguard.edu. That stands for the Global Center for Women and Justice here at Vanguard University. Or you can reach us by phone 714-966-6000. Three six zero, and we always appreciate hearing from you, Sandy. Always, uh, always great to chat with you. Thanks so much for your perspective on uh, on this industry. I'm excited to see what happens. I am too. Thank you, Dave. Take care, everyone, and we'll see you in two weeks. Mm-hmm.